On our spotlight today, Jake Leiter filling in for Tim Matthews today. And on the phone, we've got Peggy Reed with the Wright Hennepin FSA office. Peggy? Yeah. Hi, Jake. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. All right. And I, I just got your list literally about a minute ago. So I'm just kind of quickly going <laughs> over it here. And uh, we've got, uh, well, obviously the big story is the drought as well. And I understand that there are some uh, programs that we're now eligible for, correct? Yeah. Yep. So um, as of July 29th, 27th, um, Wright County was hit the D3 level on the drought monitor. So therefore, that kind of makes us eligible for um, CRP, um, which is a conservation reserve program, and that's going to allow us to do emergency hay and grazing of those acres on certain practices. Um, then it was also we're eligible for the LFP program, which is a livestock forage disaster program. And the ELAP program, which is the Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Fish program, or the LIP program, which is a Livestock Indemnity program. So we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more in depth on each of those programs here. And mm-hmm. All right. So. Well, I suppose, yeah, we'll start right at the beginning here. We've got the uh, Conservation Reserve program. Yep. So emergency hay and grazing, like I said, Wright County is eligible for hit the D3 level. Um, Hennepin County is still at the D2. Um, so this authorizes, so those authorize those counties to be eligible for emergency hay and grazing outside of the primary nesting season. Um, and all practices that are part um, in the county, they have to be physically located in that county. And like I said, on July 27th, the northwest corner of Wright County hit that D3 designation, and the rest of Wright County and all of Hennepin County are the are still in the D2 designation. Like I said, that was last week, so we'll probably get another one update on Thursday, and we'll see where we're going from there. So what does that mean for the counties at this point? Um, like I said, Wright County is eligible for the emergency hay and grazing. However, Hain of all CR practices are not authorized if we receive authority to do the LFP program, which is the Livestock Forage Program. So in Wright County, since we have hit that D3 and we are eligible for LFP, we can only hay 50% of acres devoted to the following practices, which is the CP1, CP2, CP4B, CP4D, CP10, CP18B, CP18C and CP18 or 38E, um, and that's the 38A is like the safe program, so it's more planted for wildlife habitat, um, and that has to be in the safe agreement that they can do the hay and grazing on that for that to be eligible. And these contracts must, like I said, they must be physically located in the boundaries of Wright County to be eligible for the emergency hay and grazing. So to be eligible, you must request and receive approval in writing from FSA before you can begin haying or grazing any land on that CR, any of that CRP land. You must specify the number and location of the acres to be hayed or grazed on a map. You must complete a um, CRP 117 form, which you can get from the FSA office here. And basically, we're going to ask you your CRP acres and how many acres you're going to be haying, or we're going to tell you how many we're approving you to hay. You must sign a CRP request before haying or grazing can begin, and that, again, that form is here in the office. Here, we can, you can either stop in and get it from us, or you can give us a call, and we can email it out to you, so we'll work with you either way. You must obtain a modified conservation plan to include the haying or grazing that does not permit long-term damage or does not 
it, and it doesn't. There's no long-term damage to the vegetation cover if you're doing that. Um, there's no payment reduction when you have emergency grain or emergency haying or grazing, so that's, that's that's a nice benefit for the producers. You may rent or lease the haying or grazing privileges. You must agree in writing to reestablish the practice at your own expense if by haying or grazing you destroy any of the hay, any of the ground. And then just for grazing only, just as a reminder, you have to remove all livestock from all CRP fields no later than the end of the emergency haying or grazing period, which would be listed on that new conservation plan that we talked about you need to sign up above. And then grazing is at one half of the carrying capacity for the county there. So they just need to, and we will tell that on the conservation plan what that is up to. For haying only, um, we just want to remind you, if you're haying only, you have to remove all those bales from CRP acreages within 15 calendar days after baling. And then when you're done with those practices, um, you're done haying and grazing, you have to come in and complete a CRP 118 form, which again is in the office, or we can mail out to you within 10 calendar days after you've completed that or after the date on that conservation plan. So that's just kind of a reminder. Now, Hennepin County is eligible for non-emergency haying and grazing as of July 29th. That's the day we got the report. July 27th, it actually was. Um, all the same rules that we discussed above kind of apply for that. Only thing, they open up a few more practices, and they're not limited to that 50% um, for the haying or the grazing. However, they are assessed a 25% reduction for all acres hayed or grazed under the non-emergency. So that's kind of the difference between those two. And like I said, that's kind of the difference between Wright and Hennepin County right now. Um, like I said, we should get another drought monitor this Thursday, um, and that could change all of that again. Or So we'll have to take a look and see how we're working on that. So, And like I said, you know, those the emergency designation was set up for the Livestock Forage Program. So um, we're going to kind of talk about that right now. And we did discuss this quite a bit last month during our program. Um, and I just kind of remind everybody of a few details. Um, so if you want to sign up for the Livestock Forage Program or LFP, you must be have your name and address in our system. Um, the grazing land or the pasture must have been certified by July 15th of 2021. So if you need to late certify your pastures, you will, need, you will be assessed a $46 fee per farm, and you will not be able to complete the LFP application until the late filed certification is verified by an FSA employee. So basically the service fee is for us to go out and verify that it is pasture um, and that we have the correct area and things like that. And then from there we can determine the acres and then two, then we can come have you come back in and do the LFP application. Um, you're going to need to provide a copy of the lease for all non-owned land. Um, and if you do not have a written lease from your landowner, we do have a form, a CCC 855, um, and you can we can complete that here, and then you can get the landowners to sign that statement, and that will take place of a lease if you do not have one. Um, you must complete payment eligibility paperwork. So in our office, that basically means you'll need to complete the 902, which is your business plan. You're going to tell whether you provide um, capital, land, equipment, labor, management, those sort of things. Um, you also have to do um, an AGI, which is your adjusted gross income thing. Basically, you're going to determine whether you... Your average adjusted gross income for the previous years is $900,000 or less. 
Um, you'll probably have to complete a 1026 if you haven't done one of those, which is certifying that you're in compliance with highly erodible wetland provisions. And oh, there might be one or two more forms that I'm not remembering, but just that's kind of some of the eligibility paperwork. You're also going to have to provide us the kind, type, and weight of the animals that you're grazing. And as a reminder, unweaned, unweaned livestock, feedlot animals, pleasure or show animals, or livestock that you're intended for your individual consumption, those four categories are not eligible for LFP. Um, the deadline to apply for LFP is 30 calendar days after the end of the calendar year in which the grazing loss occurred. So for 2021, you have until January 31st of 2022 to apply for LFP in our in our office here. So. All right. Talking with Peggy Reed with the Wright Hennepin FSA office here on Spotlight on KRWC. Just kind of going over some of the uh, programs that we're now eligible for here in Wright County. And we've already talked about the uh, Conservation Reserve Program and the Livestock Forage Disaster Program. And we've got now the uh, Emergency Assistance for Livestock, Honeybees, and Farm-Raised Fish Program. Yep. So we call that our ELAP program, um, and ELAP's going to help pay for livestock feed losses based on a um, national payment factor of 60% of the cost of the following not to exceed 150 calendar days of feed cost of eligible livestock. Um, some of the following may be eligible if you had to purchase and or harvested feed or feed stuff that was lost or destroyed because of an eligible disaster loss or loss conditions. So like I said, we're talking about drought, so this is kind of making us eligible for that. If you had to purchase additional feed above your normal quantities required to maintain eligible livestock during the drought conditions, um, additional feed expenses incurred because of an eligible loss condition, condition, like we said, we're talking about the drought right now, and the amount of which an eligible livestock participant may receive for feed loss um, under, oops, I don't, don't know why I have that in there. So those are just some of those um, some of those things. The producer um, has to provide verifiable, which is basically um, something that can be verified by an independent source or a reliable documentation, such as receipts, um, should be submitted to provide evidence of the purchase. For receipts to be considered as acceptable or verifiable documentation to determine the value of the feed loss, the feed receipts must include all of the following. You have to have the date of the feed purchase. You have to have the name, address, and telephone number of the feed vendor, um, the type and quantity of the feed purchased, the cost of the feed purchased, and the signature of the feed vendor. It's a and if the vendor does not have a license to con conduct this kind of transaction, um, you know, you can still have them sign a statement. So, like, if you're purchasing something from your neighbor or you're purchasing from something from, the, you know, um, somebody else in the county, they would just have to kind of, you two would have to work together to get these items on a statement, and then that neighbor or that person you're purchasing that from would have to sign that as well. So, um that is like for the feed losses and to be considered eligible for losses resulting from the transport transporting water to eligible livestock, all the following must be met. Um, so we will help pay for water transportation, but the water must be transported to eligible livestock. Um, and so, like I said, we have certain types and kinds and weights and things that are eligible on that. 
the water would have had to have been an additional cost of transporting water must be due to an eligible drought, which we are in. And water is being transported to eligible grazing land that is normally does not require water to be transported to. So if you normally had a water source and because of the drought that is dried up and you had to transport that, that is something that could be looked at under ELAP. And when a participant claims additional costs resulting from transporting water to be eligible for livestock, the participant must provide verifiable and reliable documentation of the cost to transport the water. And um, if you're doing the reliable thing, that must be acceptable by the COC for, before that is approved. And I just want to remind anybody that if you're looking at that purchasing of um, water or, or um, purchasing of extra feed or for water hauling, any money that you get from ELAP will have to be reduced by anything that you get from any of those other disaster programs. So if you got money under LFP or if you got money, um, so those things would have to be reduced from that ELAP payment. So that's just kind of a reminder on that. So it's kind of, kind of a strange thing, but I know there are people out there that did have to grab that water and are getting extra feed because I know that hay out there and that forage is really hard to get this year with that drought in there. So, mm-hmm. And I understand we've got one more uh, program here to cover today, and that's yeah, the uh, livestock. The last... Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jake. I was just going to say it's the livestock indemnity program. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying a whole lot about this because um, I'm not aware of anybody um, having super large losses. Um, I was just thinking this might hit more because of the um, hotter weather we've had this year at different times. But um, the Livestock Indemnity Program compensates um, eligible livestock owners if they've lost their livestock due to death, which because of a natural disaster, but that has to be higher than their normal mortality. Um, And every type and weight and Every type of animal has a, a number of, has a predetermined normal mortality, so mm-hmm. that would have to be higher than that to be eligible for LIP. Um, eligible livestock for payments for a specific kind, weight, and height of livestock will be determined for the livestock dying as a result of the direct um, eligible loss conditions. And after applying for them, um, and then we'll apply that normal mortality rate to determine if it's higher than that. Um, again, the producers must provide your verifiable, reliable beginning inventory before the disaster event occurred and to be eligible. And um, right now, if anybody has any questions about that livestock indemnity program or any of the other programs we talked about, they may want to give us a call at the Right Hennepin FSA office. And our number here is 763-682-1982. And then you'd want to dial extension 2. Or you can email us email us at m n b u f f a l o so min buffalo dash f s a the at sign o n e dot u s d a dot g o v. So that is a good way to get a hold of us on on for any questions you would have on the office here for any of those programs or any other thing that we have going on here. Um, I just did have a couple other reminders. Um, Friday is the deadline for the continuous CRP offer. So those would be if you are interested in putting any new land, which usually smaller areas, into CRP. Um, you might want to contact the office so we can get that information 
completed and out to you for signature by August 6th, which is this Friday. And then also, too, I want to remind you the office is still closed to customers, um, so we're still trying to do phone calls for scheduling appointments, working with you by email, um, trying to work with digital signatures if that's all possible. And again, I want to remind everybody with the new mandates coming out, we are required to wear a mask when entering the service center building here in Buffalo again. So, All right. And uh, once again, that contact information, if anybody should have questions. Yep. Our phone number is 763-682-1982, and our office is extension 2. Or like I said, you can email us at mnbuffalo hyphen FSA at sign O-N-E dot U-S-D-A dot G-O-V. So that's mnbuffalo hyphen FSA at O-N-E dot U-S-D-A dot G-O-V. All right. Talking with Peggy Reed with the Wright County, or excuse me, the Wright Hennepin FSA office. And uh, Peggy, we want to thank you for being on Spotlight this morning. And thank you, Jake. So. All right, and that'll do it for Spotlight right here on KRWC.